Coming to you live from one of Morty's memories. Though he's nowhere to be seen, trust us, we're part of his narrative. We help the mind blowers play a little bit better upon revisiting. And this is Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Travis. Hey, everybody. This is Brandon. Welcome to another episode of Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. So happy you could be here for a, a mind-blowing uh, episode, if you will. Or, or if you won't. It, it doesn't really matter. Stoats happy uh, <laughs> for you to be here. Yeah. Uh, as always, if you want to get in touch with the show, there are several ways that you can do that. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Rick and Morty Pod. Uh, hit us up on our subreddit, rickandmortypodcast.reddit.com. Over on Facebook, at facebook.com slash rickandmortypodcast. Uh, send us an email, rickandmortypodcast at gmail.com. You can also pick up your very own Unity t-shirt over on our Public site, apatheticenthusiasm.com slash shop. Or if you if you love the show that much, just just a li- just a little bit more than the casual Smidge. Unity fan, then head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash rickandmortypod, and uh, you can support the show that way. Ladies and gentlemen, I, without further ado, we have a very special guest, a, a friend of the podcast. I mean, I think... I think if you've been on the podcast at all once before, I think yeah. I think we can consider you a friend. I don't. I don't. Uh, it's Brian I don't know, Newton. Yeah, I, I don't know what podcast <laughs> etiquette is. Uh, would like before we call somebody a friend. I'm just gonna make the assumption. Maybe it's five episodes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So acquaintance. We're, we're podcast acquaintances. We're, we're just casually dating uh, in the in the podcast area. Yeah, it's nothing serious. We're we don't, we're not ready to take it to the next, you know, iteration. I haven't decided if I'm gonna sleep with you guys yet. <laughs> But we appreciate you coming back, Brian. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Brandon. Yeah, Travis. Good. I don't know. I don't. How are, are you? Are you ready to to move into the first segment of the show? Oh are, shit! I, I have you warmed up. It's time for semi pertinent news. Oh yeah. I got semi pertinent news. Little bits. We still have little bits on there. We should take that tag off because it throws me off every time. I need to sing little bits now. Whatever. Semi pertinent news. That's that is that is how we do theme music every week. By the way, Brian, if you're not if you're not super familiar with the show, <laughs> yeah, come up with theme music based on bits we've done through through the seasons. It's really whatever Brandon decides to do right at the moment we shift from one segment to the next. It, it's it's whatever guttural noise comes out of out of, out of my mouth, and then I'm like, ah, I'll a, stick with it. Very improvisational tone you got going on there. Oh. <laughs> Hey, I appreciate mm. that. Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, first up, it's semi-pertinent news. Uh, we have even more merch to talk about this week. Uh, Funko announced some new Funko Pops that will be coming out very soon. Uh, these include a Scary Terry, a Lawyer Morty, Jerry with a Meeseeks box, Beth with some wine, and Summer with a cell phone, which who would Summer be without her cell phone, really? Brandon, are you okay? Is that is that a is that a legitimate question? Like, it, I think it's I think summer without a cell could, phone is, is summer. Sure, I guess I guess she is. <laughs> uh, no, everything everything's fine over here, Travis. It was a good question. Thank you so much for asking me, <laughs> Brian. What we'll ask we'll, we'll throw this in your direction. What what is summer mm-hmm. without a cell phone? Uh, fall. Mm. Oh, well played. It's it's a shift in the into the autumnal season. <laughs> uh, Brian, yeah, I don't know. Do you ha- do you have any uh, merchandise on, on you, or you know that maybe you stolen from the office? 
Yeah, there's there's some things I've gotten from the series. I need to pick up the art book, which got released oh, recently yeah. with the first two seasons. It's one of the thickest art books I've ever seen for a television show, especially a television show that's only had two seasons or oh, three. <laughs> but, but the book only covers the first two. Uh, I have the Council of Rick Penn somewhere around here. And I saw yesterday that there is now a uh, Citadel of Rick's Penn. Oh, sorry, uh, the after when President Morty takes over. Spoiler. Mm. Oh, okay. With well, the actual like insignia of the Citadel after after Morty takes over. Yeah, it's like it's very clever. It's like an M and an R together, but it also looks like a fist. Oh, I don't know if that was intentional by the designers or not. I have to kind of like ask somebody. But all, every time I see it, it looks like a, a fist, kind of like with the Citadel logo behind it. Uh, I'm trying to think, I have a ton of shirts. That's usually what they give you when you work on shows. Like, here, here's a fucking $12 t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to pick up the uh, the art book the day that it came out, and I was I was kind of an idiot and didn't pre-order it on Amazon, and it sold out on Amazon, like, the same day. So I my, I don't know. My options are either to go to a brick-and-mortar store or just wait for it to be restocked on Amazon and... Uh, yeah, I'm going to go to Barnes & Noble to see if they even had it. Because, I mean, it's crazy. The show's too popular. <laughs> I, th- I think some local comic shops have, have been uh, carrying it, too. So, I don't know. We'll see. That makes would, sense. Would you, would you say that a, a, a place that specifically sells Rick and Morty merchandise, but it's an actual building, would be a brick-and-mortar store? Oh, God damn it. Oh. <laughs> a brick-and-morty oh. store? <laughs> oh, gosh, Brandon. Sorry. Uh, I don't mean I don't mean Man. to do stupid jokes. It just happens. I think I think that's a perfect segue, Brandon, to our next news story, uh, which is a Vice News article that uh, I think just came out today. I, at least I saw it on Twitter today, uh, and the headline is: "Is Rick and Morty as smart as its fans think it is?" Uh, Brandon, uh, you got a chance to look at this article. Uh, what was your take? Yeah. So in the article, the the Vice article asks three different types of folks. They ask a scientist of I forget what science activity they do. Yeah, it was like some sort of physical sciences. There you, there you go. Yeah. I was trying to explain to my kid earlier that there's different scientists that do science things. Uh, but anyways, whatever. Uh, and then there's a philosopher and then a screenwriter. And so they, they, all, they all basically said, no, it's not as smart as everyone is making out to be. It was kind of, it was kind of a one-sided article, actually. Uh, the screenwriter, well, even, the, even the screenwriter, that's kind. Of, that's gonna have hurt the big one a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he was he was the most, uh, um, I would say, complimentary of it of the show. Um, but he didn't put it into g- genius territory, basically. Uh, I I think that the the main thing, and I guess like it's a loaded question that they're presenting to all of all of these individuals, but uh they they're really saying like is it as like the, I, I think it's because of that that pocket in the uh rick and morty fandom that that always makes the argument that you have to be super smart to really get the show and and i so i think that they were trying to present that argument and say all right well do you really have to understand you know concepts in philosophy and you know spatial sciences all these things to really appreciate the show and they all disagreed. They all said you that for the most part, you can appreciate the show, even the scientific aspects of the show, uh, because they are still uh, sort of self-contained jokes and that they will reference uh, elements of science, but you don't have to have a, a complete knowledge of that in order to get the jokes. 
Yeah, a lot of things I know that they do. I mean, with a kind of a more complete understanding of like sci-fi literature and sci-fi shows that you you can directly pull the uh, the movies and the shows that we're referencing when we're doing these episodes. So it's like various uh, Outer Limits concepts. And instead of just doing those episodes as they were presented in those uh, shows or series, we're putting that Rick and Morty spin on it. Because Rick is a, a bit of a sociopath who <laughs> doesn't really <laughs> care about anything. And, but like most science fiction is all about like, uh, uh, or at least good science fiction, it's all about kind of a, a, higher, higher, a higher message about what society and kind of like a mirror onto ourselves. Not a black mirror necessarily, but that's also a great show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the the philosopher in that article she she was saying basically and I don't think she's seen uh, episode seven uh, where she said that you know other other shows like Simpsons they have they've brought up philosophical type of uh, discussions uh, but they they do it in a they they bring it in more a social uh, sociological way um, that makes yeah. more sense and then she she yeah. admits like basically that Rick and Morty hadn't done that yet. And so I don't think she saw episode seven of this season for that. Yeah, and and honestly, I don't think we ever will. Like, I'm if I were doing Rick and Morty, sure, I would throw in like social messages. It's not as often as I can, but that would be a part of my uh, consideration if I was writing or creating a show. Yeah, but that's not Dan and Justin's consideration when they're writing and creating shows. It's like like Dan's all concerned about. Does the story's beats make sense? Does it like conclude in law a logical way? And Justin's about like what weird alien bullshit and weird names can he throw throw in? That's it. <laughs> Those are usually the two major conceits of the show, and everything else just kind of funnels together between their kind of weird what ifs. It creates that balance. You get the you get both sides of it, and and I, and the uh, the screenwriter did uh, speak about how the show is a great study for sort of like uh, sitcom storytelling and, and being able to tell really uh, interesting or large stories in a, a short format and things like that. So um, so a really interesting article. I would definitely recommend uh, people to head over to the show notes and, and click the link to check it out. Uh, it's on vice.com. I'm sure you can find it that way too. Uh, but yeah, so all right, moving on. Uh, and, and the reason, of course, that... Uh, well, I don't know. Do we ask Brian? Or Brian, did you just... You just come on the show. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that the, you just took us up on the standing invite, and and we were just pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah, no one, no one ever asked me to do anything. So, <laughs> well, we're we're super happy to have Brian here for the main thing. It's time to talk about Morty's mind blowers in the main thing. Oh yeah! For a second, I was like, oh, he's skipping completely past me. Uh, so I'm gonna let me let me just do a snap. Skidlebap bap. Main thing. That's it. Main thing. Could you hear the snaps? I can hear the snaps. I heard them. Okay. I heard the snaps. Yeah, I need a high mi- quality microphone. You're I rocking. I need right. to lift the mix up. The mix up on the snaps a little bit. <laughs> Make them snappier. Yeah. Popier. There's. I have a pop filter on the mic. That's a problem. Yeah, that would be. Uh, all right, everybody. So Morty's mind blowers. This is an episode that I think. Uh, most of the fans have been looking forward to, uh, every, uh, every time we ask folks for questions for the writers, things like that, uh, they're always asking about when are we going to get another interdimensional cable sort of, sort of episode. And, and this was season three's, uh, 
more anthology based uh, uh, type of episode. Uh, Ryan Ridley a few weeks ago talked about he hinted at something a little bit different to expect this season. Not a not a direct sequel to Interdimensional Cable. Uh, Morty's Mind Blowers written by a whole host of people, including uh, Mike McCann. Uh, Mike McMahon. Mike McMahon. Justin Roiland, Harmon, Siciliano, Herman, Dan Gooderman, uh, and Ryan Ridley. It's it's all of them, and then directed by none other than Brian Newton. I got that one. I got it. That's correct. Boom! You did your research on on that last one. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Gotta get, it's like you gotta get it right. Uh, <laughs> uh, really, really. Don't in, take it in, for uh, granted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. Don't don't you worry. Uh, really, really an awesome and unique episode, uh, that had me lolling, literally lolling, uh, Brandon. Yeah. L L L O L L L literally L O L ing. Um, and, and a lot of really cool and I'm sure, uh, sort of difficult things for you on the production team, uh, hurdles for you guys to jump over. Uh, how, how did the development of this episode differ from like a standard, uh, Rick and Morty episode, Brian? Well, I, I like I've I've worked on the the first interdimensional cable, so it's really so I'm kind of used to it based on the fact that I know we're running into this show. They're they're gonna throw me for curveballs constantly, and for this one, it wasn't improv. I don't know if people could tell or not. Uh, yeah, I I think it definitely it def it definitely was apparent that it wasn't improvised directly, and um I think throughout Twitter today, uh, the, a lot of the writing staff has been sharing. Um, like the huge whiteboard where they've been, where they're writing down all the stories and stuff. So it definitely seemed like there was a lot more like uh, thought that went into each of the different mind blower scenes. Yeah, because for the folks who don't know, usually for the interdimensional cables, those are kind of like pure Justin. They just leave Justin in a booth, uh, who may come up with like just weird things for him to say on his own, or like uh, Ridley or others would just feed him things and he'll kind of roll with that. But for this one, it's kind of like them taking rick and morty ideas and like falling it down to like just like a one or two panel gag if i recorded to explain it to in a uh, comic format uh so when we got this one all right <laughs> another thing this is super behind the scenes so <laughs> the everyone knows that the this season was played with kind of like rewrites and like scheduling stuff right that's not that's a secret that's, dan talks about pretty, it pretty pretty well uh, recognized now, I think. Spoiler. <laughs> okay. Spoiler alert. Yes. Spoiler alert. The writing's hard. Uh, <laughs> so the so because this one came so late in production, there we needed to have finish some other episodes. Like uh, the next episode's two oh eight in production, but it's going to be airing as uh, sorry three oh eight in production, but it's going to be airing as the ninth episode this season. So because of the scripts having to be shifted around, certain scripts aren't ready yet. So this idea for this episode happened to be the one that was kind of most complete simply because it's all about these like short stories. And similar to uh, uh, Intermental Cable, the B story essentially wasn't quite there, but it didn't matter. Like we had these individual short form stories we could just work off of. And then based on that, it's my cat saying meow but uh <laughs> that's your, your your cat agreeing like meow meow she's like yeah i was there uh yes you were uh the 
So all these short form stories are ready, and so we could just divvy out the board artists. I don't know if you saw the uh, episode list for that. Is that there are also a ton of board artists working on this episode? And uh, little little known fact for people who weren't on production: this is the episode I got to manage and handle every single board artist and the other three directors on this episode. So basically, each individual Morty's mind blower was done by a different artist on the crew, which is not usual. Yeah, yeah that, I think uh, uh, was it uh, who was it Erica yeah, that, yeah. that tweeted something about how uh, everybody got to work on a different one. I think she worked on the Mister Loomis. Yes. Uh, all right. Yeah, that's that's. Was there like a particular process you guys went through to try and divvy that stuff out, or was it just like, hey, grab what? You... Yeah, they gave me the script and said, "All right, we need this done in a normal pace. You have two weeks to do it. Use every single artist." <laughs> that was the process right. so I was like alright god damn it here <laughs> and so you like my my opera, my mode is just kind of like I need to make sure it's fair so I'm not like loading anyone up with too much work that they can't handle so that was another consideration so usually the, the borders I had on my team specifically uh, Ted Stern, Eugene Wang and uh, Mark Maxey I, I gave them typically kind of like larger easier to handle or more manageable stuff are our ideas that weren't quietly like fully fleshed out. Like there were a couple ideas like would Justin and Guterman or Ridley would give to us. It's like, we're kind of like 80% on this. Are they say, Oh, we're like 60% on this one. So go forward with that in mind that things will change and be rewritten. Uh, and then there are others who are like, this is 100% to go. And this probably won't have any, any significant changes and that i would give to like another one of the other board artists and maybe one of the other directors uh on this one so it was basically a lot of like everybody jumping in piling and just doing like one bit and maybe me and a couple other people handling all the like the the vault we called it the memory vault where uh rick was plugging in morty's memories and uh just like in previous episodes of season specifically i can say for vindicators we went through at least two to three different versions of what was going on in the vault with Rick and Morty. Like there was a whole other subplot where in this version, like they both lose their memories. There was a whole other subplot where we're going to have, have their memory, uh, their personality switch. So essentially while like they're plugging the memories to figure out who they were, they kind of like interpret the memories wrongly. And Rick starts becoming more like Morty and Morty starts becoming more like Rick. <laughs> And I think the one, one, I mean, it was kind of a confusing premise, but there's a lot of confusing <laughs> stuff in the show. But I think one, the only blowback I remember from that is that B, BSMP standards and practice had a problem. The fact that we were going to have Morty take out his flask and drink, but we uh, can't have uh, like underage drinking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, throw the lame reason to not play around with that idea. Bunch of prudes, man. Yeah. And then, like, the whole summer coming in and kind of rescuing them was also kind of a late addition to the original ending, which, again, they didn't they didn't, they didn't really... Like, we got the script before the ending was done. It, it's weird. That usually doesn't happen. So for that, it was a more unique process. Everything else about it, kind of like design or how to hand it out, was kind of typical for an episode like this. Uh, what was, about summer, like summer coming in, and you talk about the personality switch... I think one of my one of my first thoughts were there were like, what if what if like Summer seems wholly capable at that point in time? Like she's done this a bunch of times, or yeah, or she's been like she's been trained to do this. Uh, 
and it the 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 idea that maybe she could still mess up and give Rick the yellow vial with Morty's memories, uh, and vice versa. Yeah. Well, uh, if yeah, it wasn't well, at the like, end of the episode, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The if we they fully planned out once they introduced that summer element that she is basically the reset button because they've they've been in this situation so many times as you could tell. Uh, there was another really bit good bit that I'm I'm sorry we got cut out where um there was gonna be a big like Indiana Jones Radio Lost Ark reveal where after summer kind of resets Rick and Morty, she goes into the shed in the backyard. Cause you know, cause even then I realized, Hey, we've never been inside that shed or done anything <laughs> yeah. with it. So she goes into the shed. It's a normal shed. She hits like a panel with a couple of buttons and goes underground to an even larger vault. And that's where it'd be like Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh, it's with top men. It's just buried back there. And so that's how that was one of the ways the episode was going to end. I, I'm only sorry to lose that because it's like, representing summer as the true keeper of the keys plus like we finally got to do something in the backyard shit but anyway yeah well and even with even with the ending of of the episode uh as it aired like if there's still this this sort of this feeling at the end where you know rick and morty are back to their old selves are going to go on a, a classic typical rick and morty adventure but but summer's just viewing this whole thing from the outside and just kind of uh, not necessarily judgmental, but in a way, like she's like, "All right, these guys, like these boys, what are they doing?" And and she's just kind of the one that's really got the understanding of everything that's going on. Yeah, she basically rescues their asses, and they're still like berating her the second they come back to their normal senses, and then fuck off. And then like I love that line at the end, she's like, "I hate my job," because I feel like I think <laughs> we were talking about like uh, us on the team. We were like, "I wonder if like." How much she gets paid for this? Like, is it like an automatic fund that she can draw that like Rick set up for her? That's like, hey, hey, Summer. Every time like this happens, we do like what whatever it's called Protocol Four. Uh, every time Protocol <laughs> Four happens, you know, you you you, you get you, you get you, you get a new like uh, Google Play. I don't know app coupon. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I'm she, sure that's a thing. She keeps upgrading yeah. her cell phone. But, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I was. Uh, I was. Earlier today, I recorded with these these other these other guys, Jared, Ryan, and Alec, who they run a podcast called The Squanch with Wisecrack, and uh, we, we were talking about this specifically and those jokes that Summer said, uh, which is the "I don't get paid enough for this" and "No, no wonder you guys are always fighting." Uh, they mm-hmm. we all kind of felt that those were we, we couldn't tell if those were meta jokes or not. Uh, oh yeah, that. Was- the ones why you're always fighting. That's why you can't get anything done yet. Yeah, constantly behind schedule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that was super meta. That's so meta that I even know that joke was in there. There's <laughs> <laughs> another fun thing. Uh, when you're directing on the show like this, you basically take it from script to boards, and then animation takes it the rest of the way. But because Justin and Dan like the, our creatives, and we'll still mess with things when you're gone, <laughs> they'll add jokes or they'll add lines. So there's a few lines in Vindicators that wasn't in there when I initially worked on it. And then that line from Summer wasn't in there when I worked on it. So I had a big laugh on that, too. <laughs> yeah. There's another thing that changed. There's a couple of things that changed. But the one I remember that stood out from one of the mind blowers, like things get edited all the time. So sometimes you'll come back and like, oh, what happened to that? And just for time purposes, generally. But uh, the Mr. Luna uh, mind blower, the original ending to that 
it's all it's all basically the same like when a principal vagina hits him and he runs off and thinks he's a pedophile the the original conclusion of that was morty goes back to uh mr luna's home and scopes him out and oh oh so there's there's another setup so you remember the bit where mr luna like plants that like raggedy flag right yeah right yeah yeah supposed to be the the flag from the moon well (laughs) It wasn't just a flag in our in the one of the earlier versions. It was like a, a it was like a, a a pickup truck with equipment like strapped onto a trailer and covered by a giant tarp, and it had the same silhouette as the Moonlander. <laughs> yeah. So so Morty's like, he's definitely from the moon. That's definitely the guy. And then when he comes back, Mr. Luna's there with his like two children and his wife, and they're crying because they have to sell their home because he just lost his job. And the reveal of the moon landing uh, equipment is really just like a playset for his children. <laughs> yeah, and then and then Morty goes back and feels super awful and yada yada. But now he's like a veteran and he killed himself. So <laughs> it's a good yeah. to a way darker place. Yeah, P- playing up to that darkest season of our adventures yet, Morty. Uh, I was I was gonna say, and also, so now he kills himself. Uh, and then I, I noticed that it, on the the door of his house, it says room two. Well, it says two thirty seven, which is uh, a shining reference uh, from the room in the overlook where the woman kills herself. So, huh? Uh, I thought that was I wonder, interesting. Yeah, uh, I don't remember that being. That's definitely not in the script, and I don't remember seeing that on the board. Maybe one of the background designers put that in. They just, Coincidence? They, they just throw Mind shit in blower. there. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, doing all the time. There's, there's like bones and uh, vindicators you can check out. Like I think, uh, I think it was Robbie, who's one of the background designers, or someone else. They put in like specific alien bones that we've seen in the series. Oh, oh. yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, in the pilot, I threw in a bunch of like shadows from like uh, Invader Zim and Mystery Science Theater, and <laughs> LARPing is for LARPing and unlarping. <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, I'm just going to throw in shadows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, get them in there. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, I wanted to ask you actually about the uh, the Mr. Luna uh, mind blower because as as many people may or may not know, you're a bit of a Twilight Zone fan. You've, yeah. You've been hosting Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast for a couple years now, whenever it's coming back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. But but how, what was what was your kind of Twilight Zone vibe off of that mind blower and uh, like like did you did you feel did you get did it stir something inside of you? <laughs> well, I don't. There have been Twilight Zone episodes where people kill themselves at the end of it, so that's not out of the realm of Rod Serling's opus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I I didn't immediately get Twilight Zone vibes other than the fact that it was anthology esque, right? Um, okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, I love the Twilight Zone, and really, anytime there's an anthology show. I I tend to like it a lot. Uh, this you know this this wasn't Rod Serling ish, but uh, it, it was still really good. And thank you for calling me out for not recording any more episodes. But I have Brian who said he's going to help out, so I got him on record. Yep. Oh, got it. Got him on the hook. All right. Uh, well, I think I think it's time for us to uh, kind of go over some of our our favorite bits. In this case, some of our favorite uh, mind blowers from from this episode. Uh, I'm I'm going to start off with one that. That's a it's a short and sweet, but probably made me laugh the loudest, like unexpectedly, and that was um sort of the Sophie's choice, Beth's choice, uh gag, where she she's asked to choose between Morty and Summer, and immediately chooses Summer, 
the the look on Morty's face afterwards is priceless, and uh, it just it cracked me up. Okay, so what's really funny about that, and I mentioned how things get cut down for editing. Yeah, I think that one got cut down all not. I would say it wasn't like twice as long, but it was at least maybe you can add like an extra 25% to that one. And a lot of that was basically Beth coming down, choosing if she's going to pick Summer and Morty over the contemplation of it. And ultimately she does choose uh, Summer. So that part's the same, but they cut out a whole lot of her deliberation. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 and I'm not going to question whether or not that deliberation was hilarious, but the the, the fact that it... It just times it down to that. Imme- it, oh, it, I, I lost it. Yeah, it was so good. The only thing I was sad to lose because it was a lot of like intense and cool angles and shots that we put <laughs> in. <laughs> like Morty, Morty and Summer really sweating and getting really close. And like the alien, he wasn't the overlord. We keep calling him that. But the alien guy had been like, choose. And no, it's gone now. <laughs> um, so so that, that, that part switches over to Voltimatron, right? So I I was I'm, I was wondering is there is there a part that's cut out of there like the transition between uh, Beth's choice and Morty being infected by this this worm? You know it's funny in the script even though these these specific mind this episode these mind blowers and intermetal cable too in a lot of ways they're very modular like yeah. you can almost put most of the material wherever just kind of like where flow and timing allows yeah so yeah, that yeah. one those two have always been like paired really closely and I think that's just Happen be hap- happenstance. This is probably like where the writers were in the groove at the time when they were putting these things together. Uh, and and because thematically it is about that section is about how the family's fucking up, not how <laughs> Morty's fucking up. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, oh yeah. man, yeah, yeah. Because there's a whole other section to this uh, original draft of Mind Blowers where they they did show it at the uh, the Ricking Morty screening this weekend where like. Rick had to make Morty record a video of himself so that when he is in the mind blower chair again, he recognizes that you've been here before. Trust Rick. It's a procedure that you do frequently. It's like a pre-recorded video of Morty <laughs> talking to Morty saying like, this is what's going to happen. Rick's going to do this thing, but I'm you. So trust me on this. And the original version of the script, Rick hid all of the kind of the red vials, which are the, the Rick fuck ups. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, a big thing where he, like there's like an old fucking shoebox and Morty thinks, oh, was this your porn? And he looks through and it's like <laughs> red vibes. Like, what, what's with the red ones? <laughs> like, then he fight, figures out, wait, these are your mistakes. So you're just not wiping my mind for my benefit. You're wiping it for yours as well. <laughs> so, yeah, the that's a long way to say, yes, the uh, the Sophie's choice and the the, the demon worm. Yeah, that's what, what the Voltamex is what you called it. Yeah. Vol. Vo- uh, Voltmatron? Voltmatron. 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 Yeah. Voltmatron. Yeah. So those are always kind of paired together that way. And um, both got cut down a little bit, but the Sophie's Choice one I met I is fucking fantastic. And the <laughs> Voltmatron. That could all every each one of these things are like especially these mind blowers. They're we don't do direct movie references except when we do fucking Mad Max. But but uh like we have con in this episode we have Star Wars. Contact, uh, Sophie's choice, Twilight Zone, Sophie's Choice, yeah. uh, Exorcist, uh, ET. <laughs> yeah. If if, yeah. If, you, just... if you if you'd kept in the part, uh, if you kept in the 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 Morty explaining to Morty to trust him, that would have been total recall ish. 
Yeah, Total Recall, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. You almost had Indiana Jones in there, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of my one of my favorite things is oh, Labyrinth. Labyrinth. La- oh yeah, Sandman. Labyrinth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get Neil Gaiman right. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, w- one of the things I the thing that I laughed out loud at most two things really but taking things for granted killed me uh, <laughs> as as someone who who hears words that people say and i'm like don't be don't be an asshole don't correct them uh like i do for travis sometimes when he yeah, says when yeah. he says funner, I, I screw stuff up all the time you said you said I... you said funner last week travis and and it pissed me off and it pissed off some other people i work with and i meant to correct you but i was like ah poor little guy He's so excited right now. So I'm sorry. I'm correcting you now. It was more fun. <laughs> yeah. Unlike the less fun I'm having now. I'm taking you oh, for I'm granted. Sure I, <laughs> I'm sure I've taken things for granted all the granite all the time. <laughs> uh, but that 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 part killed me. Just him him berating Rick and and just showing us that Rick is not as infallible as he tries to uh, portray. Oh wait, I, I just remember it was another one. They didn't do the chicken nugget one, right? That wasn't in no, there. No, they didn't. No. I saw it. I saw it on the whiteboard, but I didn't. They didn't have it in there. That would have reinvigorated all the the sauce fans, I think. Probably. Yeah, I definitely would have thrown in like Szechuan sauce all over the place. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a bit where uh, Rick's like picking out like uh, fucking chicken McNuggets, and he has he's eating, he's easily he's easily easily eaten. Like two, two or three of the 20, 20 nugget boxes on his own, and Morty has a comment about like, oh yeah, you, you're real piggy there, right, Rick? And then Rick just wipes his memory. <laughs> it's a series of like Rick just like fuck you, memory wipe. I don't, I don't like you. Or you, you said you got too smart, kid. Memory wipe. One of my favorites, and it almost goes by too fast for you to appreciate it, is when Morty beats Rick at checkers. And like that, that, that moment, like for, for, I remember, I remember the first time I beat my grand, my my grandparents at like chess and stuff like that. And like, I was like, ah, finally, finally. And the fact that that Rick's just like, nope, I'm taking that one. Like, uh, those, those little, those little like things where it's just Rick maintaining his superiority over Morty by taking those things away, uh, over and over again, they kept cracking me up. Oh, here, here's another huge one that, something i got wiped out <laughs> is uh the one of the original endings that they were playing around with and this only went so far so there's dumb, there's roughs of this but not finalized is that there was going to be a, a deep uh rick or morty memory from like when morty was a baby and that memory was going to be with a young rick a young summer who's would have been like three at the time and a young uh beth and jerry and like it's basically Rick being there and like kind of like consoling or talking to baby Morty. And he's like, you're going to be my little Morty, Morty. You're, you're going to be the best Morty ever. We're going to go all types of adventures. And then like they hear th- like Summer comes in and she sees Rick. And then Rick like takes off to a portal. And then Beth and Jerry comes like, Who, what's going on, honey? She's like, the, the weird man showed up again. It's like, oh, you're just hallucinating, baby, baby Summer. Really? I'll go to sleep. Yeah. So there's going to be a big thing. We have seen them all young and like Rick being like the, uh, the fucking boogeyman. <laughs> Spying. Yeah. Tabs that's, on Morty. That's a huge kind of like, there's a lot of people that uh, have seen the, the, the photos of, 
of like Rick holding a baby Morty or things like that. And tons of fan theories have sort of yeah. developed around those images. So that would have been a. And of course, it's like, how did that happen when he said he hadn't been back in their lives in 20 years or best life? So, yeah. Wow. So, uh, All right. That, that was almost. But it's not thing. canon because it wasn't in the show. We, we can't. No, it we... <laughs> never made a show. So it's just the thing we played around with. Because, again, it's, it's a show where you're writing. You're like, should we do this here? Or should we do this later? Or should we do it at all? You never know. You, know, you never know it's real. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like Shoney's. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of like fan theories and things like that, like do you do you have a lot of people that that kind of bring up theories to you, uh, knowing like your connection with the show, and is that something that you kind of uh, kind of try to avoid, or or how do you how do you usually deal with fan theories in general? I I hear about them. No one like sometimes people want to know like what's going on. It's like I was like I don't know. I can't tell you or I honestly don't know. But uh, yeah, usually the fan theories just people telling me their specific theories or theories they've heard and want to know how much how true that is. Uh, and I, I sometimes I'm in as much as dark as the rest as everyone else, right? I guess <laughs> okay, that's what you want to do. We'll do that. It's not like I have like any grand plan of the arc of the series, but uh, yeah, my mom told me one theory that she had. She doesn't like the show, but she just <laughs> says that she thinks uh, Rick's an alien. And I'm like, well, there is an alien version of Rick, but I know he's like a merman or something. But uh, <laughs> or maybe there is an alien version. I forget. There's too many Ricks. There's so many Ricks in the Citadel and all that. Like, yeah, you, there's every kind of Rick, every any kind of Rick you could want. Well, this season revealed Rick's a cyborg, so... Too many Ricks yeah. on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I... Stuff like that, I'm kind of like... I listen to, and I'm kind of like... Kind of nod my head. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting that you're drawing those parallels. But most of the time, I go on, like, the YouTube, like, Rick and Mort- Morty theories and just kind of laugh. Because half of them oh, yeah. are very interesting. The other half, I'm like, you're thinking about this way too much. Yeah, there's some... Some real, real deep thinkers there out on those those interwebs. Uh, a, a couple of other quick uh, bits that I want to mention. Um, the entire uh, mind blower with the squirrels, uh, that where where he was doolittling, uh, that was amazing, and also revealed that uh, they potentially had to switch dimensions, even though they can only do it a few times, Morty. Uh, that the, that the the squirrels being onto them was one of the reasons they had to leave. It's, it's just like his uh, every ten episode Morty adventure, which finally yeah. got paid. <laughs> indicators. I was so happy for that. Uh, that was the the squirrel bit was done by uh, Mark Mark Max. He's been on the show since with me to the beginning, so I could trust Mark on that. And that was even though it seemed like a simple concept, that one took a lot of effort just kind of figure out like what Morty's like head thing looks like. We went through several versions where we like exploded the squirrels instead oh, of just like oh, yeah. them out temporarily. But then we had the thing of a reason to leave and like all that. And it's just like, and the other thing about like, oh, I gotta draw how many goddamn squirrels <laughs> and they're all animating and they're attacking, they're surrounding. I mean, okay, so another one Hitchcock, that's the birds, right? Oh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. like Song. even the way the like, yeah, on the wires and around the assembled around the house, yeah. Squirrels are fucked. You fucked with squirrels, Morty. You fucked with squirrels. That's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> I, I was driving around today, like, and, and squirrels were like running halfway into the street and stuff. And I'm like, ah, oh, they know. 
They know. It's like, yeah, everyone's seen that Rick and Morty episode, so now the world economy is going to tank. The the last squirrel I saw was in L.A., and I was getting in my car, and the squirrel was, was on this wooden fence not more than five feet away, and it was not it was not afraid of me at all. <laughs> and that this this motherfucker was huge, and he was just staring me down as I'm putting my kid in the back seat, and the, <laughs> doesn't take his eyes off me. And I like I, was I, I I bent down, picked up some fruit, and I tossed it. He looked at it, <laughs> then looked back at me. Uh, he was uh, like, "Hey, we'll we'll grant your wishes if you can hear us." <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, anyways, I hope it's uh, dead. I hope it's dead. Oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next. Uh True Level was amazing. Um also uh there was one interdimensional cable bit that snuck in there at the end, the uh, the house hunters clip. Oh. Especially who coming from a household where I'm almost positive my wife is upstairs watching HGTV right now. Uh the, the house hunters clip was uh was wouldn't was that be awesome. a way more interesting world? <laughs> uh it, it it totally would. And my wife is down in Florida looking for houses. So, uh, so with a know, shotgun. With a shotgun, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Does she have any like duck calls? Like little duck whistles that, that might help. Yeah, they go they go house house <laughs> Yeah, someone that someone that the Rick and Morty yesterday put two and two together that like uh, Dan uh, Harmon I think wrote on Monster House, the yeah. CG animated film came out like yeah. Yep. So someone put those two things together. I was like, oh yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I always <laughs> that's I always uh, I always forget about that. Yeah, uh, there, yeah, it's a fun little Kevin Bacon. Oh yeah, six six seven degrees. Wait, six six degrees six. of Dan Harmon's writing. <laughs> Dan Harmon, yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's there's one there's one line in the entire episode. I said take thing, taking things for granted was one of them. The other one that I laughed so hard at was if we can kill our enemies but we can't jack them off, then how are we better than them? And it's yeah. it's such a solid philosophical discussion to be had there. <laughs> I, I think because he's got a he's got a point. It's it's easy mm-hmm. for us as enemies to just point a gun at each other, uh, rocks, you know. Uh, cherry bombs, whatever, and, and kill each other. But it's it's so much harder to stop, think about it for a second, and take their balls or their <laughs> or their clitoris, their face genitalia, whatever, yeah. whatever, and and love them and, for a minute. Yeah, you know, thing like love and like true compassion and empathy, because that involves you doing something. Like killing someone is usually for your own self gratification, unless like a mercy killing or like someone's sick and terminal but like you know it's like i'm not getting gratification from that necessarily i could if i swing that way and for that's what gives me true pleasure but that person leaves like he's having a bad day just i'll just jerk him off real quick and hopefully have a better day (laughs) that that's that's what the world needs now what the world needs now is jack more jerk offs (laughs) me off uh, oh jack jack them off not me because i don't want i don't want the pleasure My pleasure yeah, okay. is my pleasure is getting you off. <laughs> well, if you're ever being interrogated, someone might be able to trick the other person into doing it, and then, and then, and then it'll all work out anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you mentioned mercy killings. I wanted I wanted to uh, mention this bit of trivia: the Flo- Floopian who arrives to uh, ask Rick to kill him uh, was voiced by Omaze winner uh, Jonas Br- Breedis. 
uh, he he was the winner of that contest last year. So uh, very cool that they were able to get him added into the episode. Yeah, like we didn't even know that 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 was that that was the role he was going to play. So I remember hearing about the contest. I remember them flying out. I think he's Canadian. Pretty sure. Maybe. Sure. Sure. Yeah, sounds, Why not? I'm going to agree with you. I don't. I didn't, I didn't do that much research. I'm sorry. Yeah. So he came by the studio and he's like came by and it's just like sometimes people come to the studio like oh hey how are you are you whatever but but later on that episode i we just got that that bit and i think that one went to dominic because it was like fairly solid so i just give it to someone like him who knows what he's doing and and he was and the voice read of it i didn't think of anything of it i just thought maybe it was Harmon. but it was actually really good and we we're all kind of shocked by that we we're like that that guy's got good voice and it's got good range. And like, I didn't question he wasn't a voice actor at all. So yeah. kudos to Jonathan. It, 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 yeah. Kudos indeed. When the first time I heard the voice, it sounded, it sounded like Parnell was trying to do a different voice and not mm-hmm. do yeah, the typical Jerry voice. Uh, but when he was dying, I was like, that doesn't sound, that's not him. That's not, I don't know who yeah. that is. Yeah. It's totally true. Yeah. And it took me a while to realize it too, that he was the contest one. I think like, we're already like maybe cleaning up uh, that specific mind blower before like I found out. I was like, oh, oh great job! Yeah. Uh, I th- I thought that one came out great. And the uh, another bit of trivia because uh, I don't think either one of you are in LA, and like Don Cucos might not be it might be a regional thing, but there is actually a, a restaurant called Don Cucos not too far from the studio. Yeah, well, yeah. I think I, I think someone posted on Reddit. Uh, they showed like a picture of the actual restaurant. Uh, that's down the street from the studios, yeah. yeah. Yeah, one in Burbank, one in Toluca Lake. That's what I hear. Yeah, yeah, the, there's <laughs> Toluca Lake one. Yeah, it's right across the street from Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, are are there so there? There's a bunch of them. There are a bunch of these clips. Do you have any favorite that you worked on, or really that that you that came out on screen that you're like, yeah, this is my favorite of the batch. Okay, so I really like uh, Granite. Uh, that one's done by uh, Martin Archer. Solid, really solid one. Uh, and most people, I, a couple of my friends have caught that it, the 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 outfits that Rick and Morty are wearing. I mean, it's Star Wars easily. Stormtroopers, black stormtroopers, but like Saiyan armor. I don't know if too many people caught that little shoulder pads and like little circular thing. Anyway, that one that one came out really well. Uh, Sophie's choice was great. Uh, was the one where they need the alien menagerie. Yes. With the oh, big yeah. bobbleheaded thing. Yeah. Uh, that one's really fun. Luna's great. Uh, Light Switch was one of the ones I wasn't sure if would be funny or not. Because it, it, it's so subtle. And that one really came down, like, really parsing out the, the timing. And we had uh, Kung Yi, was one of our... Uh, she's a new board artist to the show, but she's a veteran. She's been on, like, King of the Hill and, like, a ton of other great shows. But that one's, like, so kind of, like, simple. I really appreciate it. And like, we went so far as to, there's one version of that where it wasn't just like humans dying in, in, in that alien, uh, like, I guess like a, uh, a storage, like a storage house. Type. Yeah. Storage <laughs> facility. It, it was, it was, it was like these aliens and they were like the freezer basically shut off and, and they were all like melted. So it, the line wasn't originally grab a shovel. It was really originally grab a mop. that that particular mind blower uh i think plays better and better 
on subsequent viewings of it because like like the first time I watched it, I was like, you know, I got a chuckle or whatever. But today, as I was watching the episode with with someone else, and it was their first time seeing it, I laughed so much harder because I think I think those subtleties kind of become more yeah, apparent. Yeah, you, because you, now you know not, you know it was coming. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's so much, and I I don't I think that might be true. Uh, not only of this episode overall, but like also the interdimensional cable episodes where sometimes on, on your first viewing, you're just kind of absorbing everything. And so you, you can take some of those jokes, but some more of them kind of become funnier as you kind of revisit them and, and, you, and you're talking to people about them and things like that. Um, sure. So I can, I, I, I can definitely see that on the, some of the interdimensional cable and some of them are just like so weird and out there. They just hit you immediately. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of feel that way with like short stories in general. Like I, it takes my brain a few extra seconds every time I'm reading a new short story right after finishing another one where I'm like, okay, let me figure out where this one's going or where my headspace is for it. Yeah. Because like with the, uh, the light switch one, when you see it a second time, now you're in Rick's perspective because he knew what happened. <laughs> he knew exactly what went down. So he's like, kind of like, taking morty through the steps to kind of admit like you're wrong bitch you know that right <laughs> so i'm gonna show you why but uh yeah, another one that's like, like that i can see is the uh the magnet uh just like the <laughs> oh yeah universal magnet so that's one of those ones where i'm like some people in the audience i remember seeing in the crowd with the crowd at the rick and morty like they knew they could tell what was going to happen the second morty grabbed the thing <laughs> And you can hear a lot of like, oh no, right before it happens, and then when it does, oh man, the, so many redheads, <laughs> so so many. They're all and they're all dead. Good job, yeah. good job, Morty. New dimension. Uh, <laughs> I I saw I saw one vial, so I, I screen I I stopped, I paused it, and I said, let me look at what's on some of these vials written up front. And and the one that stuck out to me, you know, there's Stanford, there's Micro Tit is one of them. Uh, there's there's one that's the one that says time on it and it's blue, uh, but there's there's one that says virginity. Uh, it's labeled virginity and it's red. So I I think it's I think it's mm-hmm. nice of Rick that he he messed up <laughs> something having to do with virginity, <laughs> whatever that Mor- means. Morty's more than likely Morty's virginity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cut. It's cut. It's a cut one. Uh, <laughs> I I did like a, I also like I like his uh, filing system the the poop aids underscore copy like <laughs> that he's just writing random stuff on some of these files. <laughs> yeah, in fact, that the virginity mind blower uh one might actually just be a reference to uh the actual production pipeline of the scripts that got rewritten or taken down. <laughs> we almost we almost did have a a bit where Morty lost his virginity to somebody, but didn't make it. In another episode, not this episode. Yeah, you you may not know this, but is is Mermaid Puss the first time he's is that did he lose his virginity <laughs> to Mermaid Puss? No, that wouldn't have been the case. All right, it was another Certainly not another Certainly episode not. Uh, in this season before uh, three oh seven, which was uh, Citadel uh, Tales from the Citadel. All right, good, good. I'm putting that in my my mental file <laughs> system. Yeah, don't lose it. <laughs> don't let an old fucking man wipe it. Uh, and on that note, let's uh, let's shift into uh, a few thoughts from Unity, the the, the listeners of the podcast. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of responses on Twitter. Uh, Yazzy Dream said that uh, overall they liked the episode. Well, they said it was okay. 
uh, some really standout bits. The Moo Man story, the Doctor Doolittle stories were amazing. I thought it was and okay some... too, so that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stacy's parlor. Uh, thankfully, it was much less grim than the advert made me think it might be. Um, yeah, I, I guess. Uh, I mean, it has been a darker season, so uh, it could have been. I mean, they could. There were some dark mind blowers though as well. Well, you guys didn't get to see the uh, the Sandman Neil Gaiman character transform into a tree after the uh, tooth tortoise got thrown down into the void. Ah, yeah, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, that if, happened. If if only we'd had an extra ten minutes this episode, <laughs> so many things we could have we could have seen. Uh, Husker Drill. Uh, I love the fact that Rick wipes Morty's mind of any stupid thing that he does, like saying granite. Uh, so Morty always thinks that Rick is the smartest person. Uh, Lazy Bones. I love that Lazy this week Rick and Morty include Lazy Bones with two E's. Uh, <laughs> included a brief nod to at Neil himself's classic Sandman. Uh, Parker Lance Lintz loved it. Watched it this morning. Gonna watch it again when I get home after this chem exam. Cool. Scientists. Uh, scientists in the making right there. A chem yeah. scientist. You gotta be smart to appreciate this show. You gotta be smart, Brad. Breaking bad. Uh, finally, Notorious Pez. <laughs> uh, the last line subbed it up. How the hell did you let us miss interdimensional cable? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'll take it. <laughs> it. You know, I think that's... I think that's the biggest thing about it, right? We knew we knew there wasn't going to be an interdimensional cable episode this season. Uh, there was something in a similar vein, which is which was this episode, but it, it it didn't have the improvisational feel. I think that people were expecting out of a Rick and Morty anthology episode, and I think that's I think that's maybe where the uh, the emotional disconnect is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, and I figured that would be because honestly, even those of us, because like Mark and I, uh, we were on the first interdimensional cable, and so was Juan, even though he's directing now. But we we fucking loved the shit out of that episode. It was so much fun to work on. It's the episode where we can each put like kind of like our own individual kind of like no pun intended marks onto the series. Yeah, is that because like uh, that that's one where it's kind of like inverse. Uh, in comparison to how we normally do the show, because normally Justin has very clear, like, specific goals, and the designers have already, like, produced and done things before we get to it on the board side. Mm-hmm. But in that one, they have to wait until we come up with whatever's going to go down in these individual little clips. So, you know, for that reason alone, just for our own kind of, like, egos and for our own playground aspect, I kind of miss not doing an interdimensional cable. But for just for little solid short stories, anthology, and movie references, sure. Like the like the first Twitter person said, it's a it's an okay episode. It's okay. It's all right. Well, and and I think as I keep watching it, like I keep getting those. You know, most of the time we're we're all quoting uh, interdimensional cable bits around the office, and and I think m- the mind blowers will will kind of find their way into that as well, where you just those those one off gags and those things where you just you kind of appreciate. You don't take him for granted. Like, so yeah, you, know, you don't take it for granted. Never fuck with squirrels. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like like lambs of the cosmic slaughter. True level. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, all right. So I, we've already gotten into some uh, listener uh, feedback. So why not shift gears out of the main thing and into listener suggestions and short outs uh, where Brandon doesn't do a song. So <laughs> it's it's easier on all of us. I, I can only I can only do two two improv shitty songs uh, an episode. Like doing three is just that's 
that's just that's right out. too much. Yeah, I know. You don't want to like overwork yourself. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. I don't want to start repeating. Uh, he doesn't want to damage his instrument. You know, he's got he's got to keep it fresh. Uh, so so first up, we want to thank uh, our new uh, pa- patrons over on Patreon: Terry Wolf, Stephen uh, Kunha, 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 yeah, uh, Nicholas, uh, who only had the one name Nicholas. So it's like maybe it's like a prince thing or something. I don't know. But thank you, Nicholas, and uh, Heather Louise. Thank you so much for your support of the podcast. Uh, tweets. Uh, yeah, at Gara at, Crucible. Gara Crucible. Yeah, they want to play uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds with us. Also likes the, <laughs> yeah. also likes the podcast, but wants to play uh, but, PUBG. But mostly they want to play PUBG with us. Uh, yeah, when we're not sitting here talking about Rick and Morty, Brandon and I have been frequently uh, playing Player Unknowns uh, yeah. to uh, hit or miss uh, success. Yeah, hey, hey, uh, hey but hey, you know maybe hit us up on Steam or something. I yeah. guess. Hey, Brian. Yeah, if, game out there. While you're waiting for notes, you can you know if you're if you're bored. <laughs> <laughs> can I play Steam on like? Oh wait, I'd have to do that at work. Never mind. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't even heard of that game, Player Unknown. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's like it's like ahead, Hunger Games in in a, in a way. So it used to be that there's this game called Arma Two, and it was a mod. But basically, the you a team a hundred, well, not a team, hundred people drop into this this area. They they parachute in, and then it's all every man for themselves, or duos, or four person squads. And then the the battleground keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller, pushing everybody towards the center of the map, and then uh, you die. That's basically yeah. <laughs> every oh, time, ninety sounds great. Ninety yeah, percent of the game is looking for equipment and then trying not to die, yeah. and then quickly being shot by someone you can't see, and the game is over. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> PUBG, everyone, go check it out on Steam. Uh, next up from Twitter. S.G. Murphy uh, sent a link about the connection between intelligence and morality. Uh, Brandon, did you get a chance to look at this article? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the one who put it in there. So, um, yeah, I think I. Yeah, but did you actually oh, look at the article? No, no, I, I don't. I don't look. Not, at I'm not going to put it past you that you just <laughs> copy paste. It might have been incest porn, and I'm not. I'm not there yet. <laughs> uh, oh God, you're asking for a friend. <laughs> uh yeah so i i did i did basically what this article was it, it's a rick and morty specific article uh saying is rick and morty making it making the case that being smart is actually bad um and i mean that that's ba- that's basically it. it's an interesting article i have it in the show notes uh and really you can go out there and, and read for yourself and come to any conclusions that you have i i don't know that rick and morty is making that case um I can see yeah. why it's easy to postulate that, but yeah, the 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 article is very sort of based in the Tales from the Citadel episode and sort of this idea that super intelligent Rick is is getting him into a situation where he's willing to do these menial jobs and uh, sort of the their, the change in their attitude and how President Morty now uh, has sort of assumed a more Rick like uh, attitude and and is somehow being elevated into a, a, a more successful role. So a uh, cool article. Yeah. Go check it out. But, Link in the show notes. What, what do you, what one do you, the, go ahead, Brian. What, what do you, what do you, what do you think of that? Yeah. So one of the interesting things I, I noticed about uh, Citadel was that it's basically Rick. I mean, Morty, president Morty wasn't like as smart as the Ricks. And he even he admitted that it wasn't about being intelligent. If anything, he used the thing that made uh, evil Morty 
our president Morty truly evil or bad in that situation is that he used his compassion against everybody else. So that's what Morty's always been great. Is Morty's been like the heart of the team as opposed to like Rick's the brain of the team. And yeah. Rick gets smart. Rick gains more heart and Morty gains more intelligence as the series goes on, or at least has their uh, adventures intertwined. But this one, like the best, the, the, uh, that the president Morty did was saying like, Hey, even though you're worker Rick and even though you're farmer Rick, and even though you're boss, uh, Willy Wonka, Rick, <laughs> We're all, you're all the same. You're all equal. So let's have a society where we all work together and, you know, actually be equal instead of like oppressive and putting people down. It's like, it's like, oh, tears. That's beautiful. Crap. <laughs> it's, the, it's the wrong fucking Morty. <laughs> you got to gotta put your faith in the right Morty, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 agree, I agree with that, that sentiment. Uh, absolutely. I, I think, you know, I, I've, we've seen Rick we'll say uh, something Rick of this way comes when he's doing, when he's messing with the devil and taking all the curses off the stuff, you know, he's the, the whole intelligence is uh, bad. Right. I, I think that's the case against that. You could use that, you know, uh, as evidence to say, Hey, he's cursing this. He's, he's taking all the curses off the bad stuff. Sure. He's, and he's not even, he's not even getting paid for it. He's just doing it. You know, he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy deep down. Maybe. Or Maybe. sociopath. Sociopath. Socio. Socio. Sociopath. That's a, it's a Phil Collins song. So, so, socio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're done with that. Uh, Brandon, would you like to read our oh. uh, email that, that, that we received this week? Yeah. So uh, we, got, we received an email from Miss Haley McNulty. And she says, hey, guys, so I know I'm late on a new episode, but I'm in Florida and we don't have power anywhere or good cell service now after Irma. Uh, I watched this episode in a car while waiting an hour and a half for pizza. So like the more times I think about Evil Morty, the more I watch the episode, I wonder if Evil Morty is our current Morty and you just time traveled or some shit. Please tell me why it's not possible. By the way, she said or some shit. That wasn't me. Just (laughs) yeah, you weren't paraphrasing. That was a direct (laughs) quote. Uh, Yeah, you just time traveled some shit. I don't know what she's saying. Uh, Please tell me why that's not possible. Uh, uh, I, I will say just anytime you look in the garage, it says on the shelf, there's a box. It says time travel stuff. Uh, I'd also like to point out, I, I think I might've put that in on the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> they oh, never removed right. it though. Well, yeah. Well then <laughs> it's literally they never removed. In, it's though. even in the VR game. I think. Yeah. It's a shelved idea, Brian. You sh- you shelved yeah. that idea in the get go. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think there's tons of like theories about you know Evil Morty's origins, and I think uh, everybody working on the show is doing a good job to to not lay all those cards out on the table. Um, but I just think be- the whole idea of our Morty being Evil Morty, or you know the the way that time would have to kind of fold on itself to make that possible. It, I I personally. I'm, I'm just opposed to it. And yeah. uh, hopefully uh, by the end of the season, if, if we can speculate anything off of show titles or episode titles, then uh, maybe, maybe yeah. some of that will be cleared up uh, down the line. And you're not obligated to answer anything, Brian. Okay. <laughs> and, <I'll shut> up. <laughs> and hopefully I also agree with, like, I don't agree with the theory that uh, Rick is a older Morty. 
I don't I don't agree with that one. Oh either. yeah, that's that's an old one. That's like season one theory. Yeah. yeah. You you guys keep putting stuff in the show that makes people go like, oh, see, look, more evidence. Like, uh, oh, yeah, tall tall Morty. Yeah, I mean they're they're directly related. So <laughs> I've I mean we've always kind of felt like Rick is grooming Morty. Like he took he takes his grandson, not his granddaughter, on specific adventures. So it's kind of like this is your rules, man. It's what man's do. I, I gotta enforce the patriarchy because I, I kind I do things like that sometimes. Yeah. So who knows? That might be part of it. Yeah. He's and that's why we, people see those connections. He's such a misogynist, though. You know. That's <laughs> right. I and yeah. Uh, go go ahead, Travis. Oh, I was just gonna say. Uh, and by the way, thank you, Haley, for. Uh, sending us an email while you were uh recovering from hurricane irma we hope everything is going well i think we did get a follow-up email saying that uh they got power back or they're supposed to be getting power back so uh, hopefully everything's going well out there and uh we spoke a little bit about this on the uh, podcasters unite live stream that we did with uh, blazing caribou studios if you didn't get a chance to check that out uh they are still raising money for hurricane irma relief so uh we'll throw some links out there go check that out and uh, thanks again, Haley, for your email. Brian, I have one. I have one last question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and it's it, it's a, it's about the background. It's about the background of the of the memory vault, right? It. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do you know? I know that you you were part of that that design. Uh, mm-hmm. Were were they all meant to look like dicks in some <laughs> in some pictures? Oh. They look like dicks. <laughs> They're a, they a little phallic, but that wasn't like a, a strong conceit. It, if anything, it felt it, the. I remember Justin talking about. I mean, the strong references episodes of Eternal Sunset, the Spotless Mind. I designed the helmet. That's why I can definitely tell you. Okay. And it the helmet's loosely based on Mega Man, but uh, oh. the the vials. He just wanted to be like. Uh, sign speakers and he wants them sticking out in a specific way like kind of like from the wall so that rick can just like kind of grab one and take it uh so the fact that they're jutting out and they're phallic is like don't blame me blame science <laughs> yeah that's right. just that's just how it happens i mean yeah you're, you're right you're right you're right yeah there's there's some there's it's my bad i must be thinking of dicks i have thick dicks on the mind uh because it, <laughs> it's got that it's got that you know phallic shape but then, like the line that goes directly across the top of it, uh, that just it looks oh. like a mushroom head. Yeah, only in certain scenes, but <laughs> they're there. Yeah, I wish I thought they looked like dicks. I would probably have had a thing where like Rick's taunting Morty in the chair. He's like rubbing across his like face. <laughs> He's like, "You want this, don't you? <laughs> just give it to me, Rick. Give it to me." Yay! That's gonna be up on a Deviant Art or something. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, no reviews of note this week, but this is a great opportunity unity for you to, uh, head out to Apple podcasts or your podcatcher of choosing, uh, leave a review for the show. If you're enjoying it, if you're not enjoying it, you can leave a review too. We, we won't get mad at you. It's, it's cool. We appreciate them. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show this week and, uh, kind of giving us an inside look at the mind blowers. And, uh, it's always fun to have you on. So really anytime. Absolutely. Uh, is 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 there anything else you're? I was gonna say anything else you're working on, or or where people could follow you if they want to keep up with you. If you're a fan of One Piece, uh, check out the One Piece podcast. I frequent that show because I mean that podcast because One Piece is the best. I know there are a lot of Rick and Morty fans out there, especially on this podcast, but 
One Piece is 20 years old for a reason. Uh, <laughs> and also, there's the Animation Success Stories podcast. I do it uh, to my other uh, co-workers from Rick and Morty, uh, Sabrina, who's one of the character artists, and uh, uh, Anthony, who is on uh, production. So on that show, we talk to other people in the animation field from animators to writers to voice actors to production folk and talked about how they got into the animation field uh, what inspired them did they go to school did they not do they have friends did they not and like what shows and what trials and tribulations have they gone to so you can check that out on youtube as animation success stories podcast that's the ass podcast uh and if you want to watch me or see me rant about uh, political stuff you can check out my twitter on <laughs> dark king zoro all one word on twitter and uh i think that's it so Good thanks for time. having me on yeah always fun any any anytime anytime you want we're we're here for you man <laughs> thanks brandon thanks travis all right unity uh that's that's it for this episode only two more episodes of season three left uh i'm sure they're gonna be good ones next week we've got a bit of uh what looks to be a bit of an adventure with beth or at least a revisiting of a location from beth's childhood so excited to talk about that uh and that's it for us until next week i'm travis i am brandon and thanks again to brian for joining us